going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 115. And what a ridiculous week of college football. Kind of makes up for the rest of the week being, I won't say mid, but predictable. Um, so I definitely gonna get into that, but we have our usual NFL stuff too. And, uh, we're getting down to it, Cal. Yeah. It's going to be a fun couple of next weeks with, uh, I was really starting to get to know the shape of these playoff teams and if they're legit or not as well. That's speaking college wise and also NFL wise, because a lot of interesting stuff in college football, like Skyler was saying, uh, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. Skylar, I'll let you go first with your opener because I saw something called football related on here. Yeah, man. The USC UCLA game. USC wins 48 to 45 to keep their playoff hopes alive. Caleb Williams had a ridiculous game, man. 500 total yards, three touchdowns and an interception. But this guy was making NFL level throws on the run, you know, uh, and it's kind of disappointing that this guy isn't eligible for the NFL next year because he's only a true sophomore. But this guy is making Mahomes-level throws as a sophomore in college. And I'm not overstating this. If you watch the game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm excited uh, to watch his, you know, the next game's coming up to his draft process that's a year and a half away, which feels like it's way too long, man. Yeah, and... uh an LSU loss and a TCU loss in the future would mean wonders for Caleb yeah. Williams and uh, getting his draft stock to even skyrocket any higher if it possibly yeah. can. For my opener, I'm going to go to Sunday Night Football. Uh, this game also took place in L.A. versus uh, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Really fun game to watch. And uh, right from the beginning of this game, you could tell that it was going to be a good one. Herbert had a deep touchdown pass. Chiefs were driving back and forth with the Chargers. Chiefs ended up winning it 30-27. to 27. Chargers just left a little bit too much time for Mahomes. There was about two minutes to go. Mahomes threw three touchdowns. All of them went to Travis Kelsey. He also threw for 329 yards with 115 of those going to Kelsey. Isaiah Pacheco had his first 100-yard rushing game, and the Chiefs ended up winning it on a pick by Nick Bolton with a couple seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Another great game. Yeah, really good game there. Let's go ahead and move on to our Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. Uh, we put up a vote this week. This is the first time that we've done this in about two or three weeks now at this point. And I have not checked the vote until now. Uh, just ended a couple minutes ago. So out of 34 votes, the four guys that we had on here were Tony Pollard for his 21 touch, 189 total yard and two touchdown performance against the Vikings and the Cowboys. Big win this weekend. Next up was Travis Kelsey for that six catch, 115-yard, three-touchdown performance on Sunday night. Devontae Adams for seven catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns, including a game winner. The Raiders went over the Broncos. And then, unfortunately, for Skyler, Marcus Jones was also on here for his game-winning punt return against the Jets. Tony Pollard, though, ended up winning it for his big game. I got 38.2% of the both so congrats to tony pollard and uh we'll get to see him in action again here very soon with uh him playing on thanksgiving of course being on the cowboys let's go ahead and get into team reports now skylar i'll let you go ahead and go first tell me about that heartbreaker against the new england patriots yeah i'm gonna try not to go too in depth because i 
don't want to talk about this game, but the Jets lost 10 to three to the Patriots. It was a horrible game. Um, probably the worst O-line play in a football game I've seen in years. Uh, I think 12 total sacks in this game. Zach Wilson had nine completions. The Jets punted 10 times. And I, I don't even feel like shouting out specific players other than, I guess, Quentin Williams and John Franklin Myers. Uh, because we couldn't move the ball at all. Uh, the one thing, though, I will say is I'm not going to compare Zach Wilson to Johnny Manziel or Jamarcus Russell yet because this team still has a, a serious chance of making the playoffs. And uh, we have a, a whole segment about this this group of quarterbacks, so I'll just leave it right there. You know, Don't That's give true. up on them yet. Yeah, so we'll be talking more about those quarterbacks as far as second-year quarterbacks go. Uh, towards the end of the first half, as far as team reports for the Raiders, we finally got our third win of the season. And it came against the Broncos because, of course, it did. Uh, yeah. It's a thousand thousand and fifty nine days and counting that the Broncos have not beaten us. It's ever since December 29th, 2019. So continuous three year run of beating the Broncos is good to see for the Raiders. And it was a star heavy game for the Raiders. We know Derek Arthur for 300 yards and two touchdowns. Josh Jacobs ran for hundred yards on 24 carries. Devontae had that big game that we talked about earlier. And on the defensive side of the ball, it was really just Max Crosby making plays two sacks, uh, as well as a forced fumble on Melvin Gordon, which ended up, resulting in Melvin Gordon being released from the team. Uh, but that's besides the point there. It was just Max, Devontae, Josh, and DC getting the job done in our 22-16 to 16 victory. Uh, and I do want to talk about Derek Carr before we go ahead and move on because uh, a couple weeks ago, if you were to look at his numbers, you'd say he's having a pretty bad season. Of course, the Raiders record isn't where he wants to be. Uh, but he has had... Quietly, a very, very good season, and especially over these last three games. Uh, started off against a Jacksonville game. He had 21 for 36, 259 yards, two touchdowns. Next game against Indianapolis, 24 for 38, 248, and two touchdowns. And then versus Denver at 23 for 37, 307, and two touchdowns with no picks in any of that. Uh, he's only thrown one pick since week three. And if you just want to cancel out that one week, one game where he threw three picks against the Chargers, He's had two total picks since then and 13 touchdowns. Very good from D.C. And I'm uh, happy that he's playing well uh, with all this stuff going on. Let's go ahead and move on to where we went right and where we went wrong. Skylar, I'll let you go ahead and go first on this one. All right. Well, I went wrong with the game you were just talking about. I picked Denver. For some reason, I keep believing that their offense is going to put it together, but they just can't. And... Yeah, uh, I don't even want to talk about them anymore. So where I went right, trusting San Francisco on Monday Night Football. I picked them to beat the Cardinals. I know Colt McCoy played them tough last time. I know it's a neutral site, but uh, I just I believed in them, and they finally put it all together. That was probably their best overall game of the season, and uh, they're looking like a serious contender now. Yeah. Where we went or where I went wrong, I'll start off with the Chicago Bears and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I picked these two teams because teams coming off of a game against the Carolina Panthers have not won a single game this entire year. And those two teams 
Pittsburgh was playing this, the Bengals. Bengals just had their bye, but the game before that, they played the Panthers. And then the Bears were playing the Falcons, and the Falcons played the Panthers last week. I said, screw it. Let's keep the trends. We'll see how that goes. And they both lost. Uh, so that's where You're I went wrong. Something. But where I went right, I'm picking the Raiders. Because uh, like I said, three years in a row, they haven't beat us. That streak continues. And I do like my Tennessee pick on Thursday Night Football against the Packers. Yeah. I believe I was the only one to pick them. I that trusted was Derek stupid Henry. of us to not take Tennessee. It was a, is a very sell-high moment yeah. on the Packers because they just had that big win against the Cowboys. And Tennessee is a sneaky good team. And I assume me and Skyler will both talk about them a little bit later yeah. in our top AFC power power rankings. So let's go mm-hmm. ahead and move on to our fantasy play before we get into where's your head at. Skyler, tell me what you got on here. I have trade your questionable guys, and that can mean questionable in multiple ways. Uh, you know, a guy that you haven't been confident all year to throw in your flex, even though he is a pretty good player just because you don't trust him. Or in my case, a guy who was actually questionable on the injured list, Mike Williams, I traded last week. He ended up getting hurt after one catch on Sunday Night Football. So uh, I'm glad I got him off my team. Don't have to worry about him anymore. Even though I, I really like him as a player, it's not going to work in fantasy this late in the season if you don't trust him. So that's true. try to get some value out of those guys that you're not going to play. My fantasy play of the week is going to be go get Kyron Williams. He is only rostered in 11.6% of leagues right now as far as ESPN goes. He's probably going to be the Rams starting running back with Daryl Henderson being released today. The only two running backs on the roster are Cam Akers and Kyron Williams. The rookie out of Notre Dame hasn't gotten – too much burn so far, but within the last two weeks, he came off IR. And in those games, he's had 12 total touches for 83 yards. So he's trending in a good direction. And maybe that'll end up turning out into something. Whether what if they throw as, every play? Uh, with Bryce Perkins? Yeah. Or Johnny Wofford? Oh, I, I trust Johnny Wofford. Over Bryce Perkins? Really? <laughs> I'm taking Bryce Perkins... Eight times out of ten. Let's go ahead and get into where's your head at, though. Uh, starting off with the MVP ladder, something we do every week. Skyler, do you have any honorable mentions that you want to talk about before we get into it? I want to shout out Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Matt Judon. Only guy I want to shout out is going to be Gino. Gino has been absolutely amazing this year. Had a buy this week, uh, and was at the bottom of my list. Last week, and I just moved him down one spot because it's kind of because of some of these other guys. Let's go ahead and get to number five, though. Number five for me is going to be Tom Brady. Had a bye week this week, but still going to stay on the list because without Tom Brady, this is a horrible team, and they are they're still in the hunt, man. They're leading their division, and that's all because of Tom. Yeah. Number five for me is going to be where I put Derrick Henry. He's the only guy in the league that has over a thousand rushing yards so far. And he is the Tennessee Titans soul. We've seen that for the last three or four years. If he goes, that team wins. If he's not there, that team loses. And they're winning right now because of Derrick Henry. Simple as that. Let's go ahead and get to number four. Number four, Tua finally makes my list. Uh, Another team on a bye week, but after thinking about it a while, seeing some other guys struggle, He's kind of in a perfect situation, but but still, I did not expect this at all. It's kind of like uh, Gino being up on this list earlier in the year. You know, he, he's still doing it, so he stays on the list. 
Yeah. Tua is also going to be at number four for me. Like Skeller was saying, he really hasn't had any struggle this year. He, it's been very easy for him. 18 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Uh, obviously coming off of that bye, so we'll see how that continues past his bye week. Uh, but Tua has been great, and that's why he's at number four. On to number three. Number three, Josh Allen, second in the top three here. Even if he can't throw, he can still win the games he's supposed to win. You know, uh, Detroit and uh, and Cleveland on the schedule coming up, not too difficult. So uh, you should pad those numbers up a little bit. Yeah. Number three for me is going to be Jalen Hurts. Didn't have the greatest game against Indianapolis on Sunday, but still found a way to win, and they won because of him. Had some unfortunate situations with A.J. Brown fumbling the football and some other things not going his way. But ended up having that game-winning touchdown with a few seconds left to go. And uh, given the Eagles, their ninth win of the year, I think. Yeah, ninth. Yeah. What about number two, Skeller? Number two is going to be Jalen Hurts for me. I'm finally sold on Jalen Hurts because they should have lost last week. Jalen Hurts took that game over in the fourth quarter, you know, despite all the things you were just talking about. And he got the job done like he's supposed to. Yeah. Skeller, I'm going to do something that we've never done before at number two. Okay. I don't have a number two because the difference between Mahomes and everybody else is so far right now that there there needs to be a gap. So I have a number one at Mahomes, no number two, and then Hertz is at number three because Mahomes is just on another planet right now. He has 300 more passing yards than anybody else. He has like seven more touchdowns than anybody else. He hasn't lost in November or December in the last like three years. I don't see him losing in November or December this year. That's for sure. And he is just amazing. Week in, week out, whoever's there, whoever's not there, he just gets the job done. He throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns every single week, and he's going to be the MVP when it's all said and done this year. Mm -hmm. I think he's finally in a tier of his own. You know, the past couple of years, we had Brady, you know, his first year in Tampa was ridiculous. Rogers winning a couple MVPs over him. Uh, but this year, it seems like it's it's just Patrick Mahomes up there. Yeah. And uh, one thing I did see about Pat Mahomes, I don't remember where I saw it, so I can't really give any credit to him. But like past few years, we've seen like guys be compared to Mahomes. We've seen like. I don't know about compared, but in that same tier, like an Aaron Rodgers, a Josh Allen. But there really needs to be that tier of his own. Everybody, the next best quarterback is always going to be compared to Mahomes because he is the best quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to stop doing that. We need to stop comparing Mahomes to these other guys because it isn't comparable. There isn't going to be a Patrick Mahomes that comes into this league within the next 20 years. Maybe Caleb Caleb Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything else you got to say? I know you have number one, same as me, uh, yeah. but anything else that you got? That's about it. Um, I really don't see how Patrick Mahomes doesn't win this award. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get to our AFC top five power rankings. Skeller, Do you have any honorable mentions that you want to talk about? I'm not going to talk about five? the Jets. No, I will talk about the Jets because I know you don't want to. I'm going to put them in my honorable mention right now. Uh, I do think this team is really, really good. But these other five teams that I have on here, like, I just don't know if Zach Wilson can do it when it comes down to it. And I know he had a good drive against the Bills a couple weeks ago. But after this past game, man, it's it's just so tough to see. And so 
these other five guys at quarterback or at running back, I guess, if you're the Titans, I just trust more than Zach Wilson. So that's what came down. Yeah. Right. On to number five. Uh, I'm actually going to do some some off off script stuff here and change my pick. I'm going to bump the Ravens down to five after thinking about it. You can't play that poorly against a bad team like that. You know, obviously Lamar still doesn't have his number one receiver that would help the offense that much more, but still I, I'm going to take the the Titans above them. And I know I just, you know, gave away a pick, but whatever. One more team I do actually want to talk about. I've yeah. mentioned them before I do in my top five. I didn't have the bills in my top five because Josh Allen's too volatile right now. He's too high. He's too low. He's going to have games where he blows people's out, but there's just games where he loses it for him. And I think the other five guys as well, as far as quarterbacks go, and I know I'm making that comparison, just have that less high, less low type to them. Uh, so number five, I have the Bengals. Big win over the Steelers. They only won by a couple points, but it's a big divisional win in that sense. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase isn't even healthy yet. So he's coming back within these next week or two weeks, whatever it is. And the Bengals are starting to look really, really good. Offense is putting up a lot of points. Defense is forcing some turnovers. And uh, Bengals are back, man. Put them at number right. five. On to number four. Yeah, number four is where I have the Titans, like I just said. And this team runs the ball very well. They got the best running back in the league, Derrick Henry, playing good defense. Right now it doesn't even matter who's playing quarterback, which is crazy because uh, if you just watched <laughs> – the uh, Bills Jets game, not Bills Jets. The uh, Patriots Jets game. You know it does matter if you don't have a quarterback that can move the ball downfield. And uh, yeah, man, this team could be scary, but just not not in the upper echelon here. And I'll talk about it soon. Yeah, number four for me is going to be where I put Ravens. I saw Skyler put them at five uh, or dropped them down a little bit because of their ten point victory over the Panthers. But at the end of the day, they got the win. It didn't even come down to a situation where they needed to go win the ball game. They just won it outright. And uh, I know Lamar didn't play the greatest, but he didn't have to. Also, I thought that they were going to be completely fine in that game. Uh, so I'm taking, I don't know about a shitty result, but not the result yeah. that you would expect from a Panthers Ravens game in Baltimore. And I'm just scrapping it because I got the W and uh, that's really all that matters. On to number three. Number three, I still have the bills here. Because I think even with a questionable Josh Allen, it's still a better team than than the others we've talked about, and uh, they just need to beat Miami, you know, and they're they're back at the top. So that's it. Yeah, number three for me is going to be where I put the Titans. I think Tannehill played a really good game against the Packers on Thursday night. He did have that ugly pick to Rasul Douglas late in the game, but besides that one throw, he played really really good in that game. And if he plays well. He's able to hit a Traylon Burks or Robert Woods, who looks like they're starting to get comfortable in that offense and have Derrick Henry and have that defense that is so good at doing a whole bunch of different things. Titans are going to show why they've been in the playoffs for the last five years. Uh, and that's because they do the little things right. And they have a great head coach in Mike Vrabel. On to number two. Number two, I have the Dolphins bumping up a lot here. And I still don't trust the defense at all. But the offense is kind of uh, in a perfect flow right now, uh, similar to San Francisco. And it's, you know, the same system, so that would make sense. But 
I am officially scared of Miami. And again, even though they had a bye week, it's just comparing them to the other team struggling this past week. Uh, the Dolphins haven't had that offensive struggle this year yet. Yeah. Uh, I could do what I did with Mahomes and just give that number two spot to nobody. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I should, that's taking the easy way out. I want to get some other teams in there and talk about them as well. So I'm going to talk about the Dolphins and how good they have been. And they are in my number two spot. It just seems like a perfect storm for them right now. They have their offense built to like a T on how you would want your offense to be under Mike McDaniel. They have the speed. They have the power running backs. Uh, they have the defense that's opportune and they, they make plays on both sides of the ball. And also on special teams as well. They do that too. Uh, Cause Andrew Van Ginkle is out here blocking punts every other week at this point, but the dolphins are good. I don't know how they compare to the Chiefs. I'd really love to see that game right now. I think that'd be a really fun one to watch, but uh, we might have to wait until late January for that one. Mm. Tell me why we have the Chiefs at number one, Scott. Because they have the most unstoppable player in the NFL. Yeah. They also have Travis Kelsey. Yes. And Juju when he's healthy and McCall Hardman when he's healthy. Oh, so... Chris Jones. Those two guys aren't healthy. Like yeah. Juju and McCole Hardman aren't healthy. Two good wide receivers. Kadarius Tony was also out half a Sunday night, and Pat Mahomes still put up three thirty and three touchdowns. So, like, what are you gonna do? They have so many weapons, you can't stop them. Uh, yeah, Chiefs are amazing. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get to the NFC side of the ball now, where it's gonna be a lot more interesting than the AFC. I'll say that. A little less uncertainty at the top, or a lot less uncertainty at the top, I should say. Maybe a bit more uncertainty at the bottom as well. So how about number five, or do you have any other honorable mentions? I'll shout out the Giants because they're going to make the playoffs, and they've improved so much. Even if they're you know average-level offense and defense, I think they're ranked about 15th. On both sides, it's still better than what thirty first that they were last year. You know, so shout out to them. But number five is going to be the well. Sorry, do you want to shout out anybody? I'll I'll talk about the Giants and a couple other teams too. Uh, So the Giants first. uh, I think they kind of look like that team that's going to win a lot of regular season games, but Mm -hmm. get blown out in the first round of the playoffs. Sorry, Giants fans, but that's just how it looks right now. The Seahawks really fun to watch so far in the year. And the Buccaneers, uh, struggling, finally got it together. The last few weeks had a bye last week, so we didn't get to see him play. Uh, but just not as good as these other five teams right now. So yeah. number five, Skyler. Okay, number five, I will give it to Tampa Bay. Because when they're rolling, they are unstoppable, especially in the playoffs. Uh, even if they have a little bit of luck on their side with Tom Brady, uh, we both know that he's had a lot of help. But that doesn't matter this year. And uh, we saw them, you know, get destroyed by their division a couple years ago and still win the Super Bowl. I think a very similar thing could happen here. So keep them at five. Yeah. Number five for me is going to be the same team I had at number five last week. I'm going to keep the commanders there. They have a big win over the Texans. Even though the Texans are dog shit, they got the job done. It didn't come down to need this guy to have a drive in the fourth quarter type game and it just was smooth sailing so commanders keep the number five spot uh, as they improve to six and five on to number four number four is going to be the vikings another team similar to the giants where you know obviously they they got completely blown out 
by the Cowboys. And you don't want to see that. And Kirk Cousins struggling is the worst thing that could happen right now. But it's still a huge improvement. And they still have eight wins. And they're still going to be in the playoffs when they're division. They got a nasty offense. Another team, you don't really know who to guard in certain certain points of the game. Yeah, a lot of different weapons in a lot of different places. Uh, I also have the Vikings at number four. Sitting at eight and two, but I don't think I've ever seen an eight and two team have a negative point differential. Yeah. That just seems crazy to see right now as they have 229 points for and 231 points against. Obviously, that really doesn't mean much. All it really matters is the wins and loss, but you can kind of see, is this team going to be that, that good? Uh, it's like the Giants type thing. You can kind of see that they're not going to do crazy good in the playoffs if they're not blowing teams out that are yeah. a lot worse than them. But besides the point, I have the Vikings at four. I like them. I just, I'm just not in love with them like these other three teams at the top mm-hmm. right now. I don't have a lot of confidence in Kirk. I think I have a confident guy in the other three quarterbacks at the top of this list. And uh, Vikings are good. They're just not great. I'll say that. On okay. to number three. Number three is going to be the Cowboys. I warned you last week and, well, pretty much this entire year that I think their defense is good enough to take them to the Super Bowl. And we saw this in a playoff atmosphere game against the Vikings. They completely shut them down. And this is exactly what I was talking about. I think they could do this on any given Sunday or Saturday in January. Or Thursday in November. Mm-hmm. Mm. Number three for me is going to be where I put the Eagles. Uh Rough game against the Colts, lost against the Commanders. They're trending downward over these past two weeks. I know the win is all that matters is really what I've been saying this whole episode, but when it looks that shaky, you got to give a little bit of a down tick, especially when the other two teams at the top of this list did so well this week. Uh, I'm putting the Eagles at number three, despite their 9-1 best record in football. On to number two. Number two, I'm going to give it to the 49ers. We talked about them a little bit earlier. They're finally locked in offensively we know the defense is going to be just fine even with the injuries but they here's another team with so many weapons if they just get the right guy the ball in his hand at the right moment they're unstoppable we saw that last night yeah number two for me is going to be where i put the cowboys cowboys had a best game of the season 43 victory in minnesota against the eight and one vikings at the time and they just look so they look so good right now. Dak is back and he's making plays. Tony Pollard looks like a legitimate star running back. They have a whole bunch of different weapons as far as receivers, tight ends go. They're the best defensive player in football, Micah Parsons. They have one of the best corners in the league in Trayvon Diggs. And their whole team is just they're built for the playoffs. I'd say that. Yeah. On to the number one spot, Skyler. Who do you have it? Yeah, I still have the Eagles here. Uh, they haven't played the best the past couple of weeks, but the only thing that matters is that Cowboys game. And uh, if they get the job done there, Ed, that confirms they should be the team to beat in the NFC. It's true. Not Do you know what that game is? Oh, it's on Christmas Eve. Oh. <laughs> That's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Number one team for me is going to be the team that Skyler had at number two. I'm putting the Niners at number one. They're sitting at six and four, so they don't have the best record, but they look very dominant right now. And I think they could honestly kill any team in the NFL except for Kansas City. 
Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. I think they could legitimately beat anybody right now, except for KC. And I mean, we'll see a Dolphins Niners matchup in I think three weeks at this point. But this team is just hitting their stride right now. A whole bunch of weapons, like Skyler was saying, where they have CMC, Debo, Ayuk is really coming into his wide receiver one. Uh, Kittle is great when he actually gets the ball and he got the ball last night. Their offensive line is really good. Their defense is really good. And they do they do everything right, man. There's not really mm-hmm. one weak spot on this entire team. Because Jimmy's also played so damn great, too. He's not really even a weak spot right now. So Niners at number one. Let's go ahead and move on to Are They Dead, a segment that we do each week uh, where we rule teams dead once they mm-hmm. do shit or aren't looking good, whatever it may be. The only team that I'm going to talk about this week are the Packers because I've ruled a lot more teams dead than Skyler has. So we'll go over the teams that Skyler didn't rule dead, but I did first, and then we'll get into the Packers. So we okay. have Browns who lost this last week against the Bills in Detroit. It's just weird to say. Uh, Atlanta, who won against the Bears, so I don't think you're going to rule them dead. And then Denver, who you have not ruled dead, uh, lost to my Raiders, of course. Uh, So do you have – I know you don't have Atlanta dead, right? Atlanta's alive. Uh, They're still a half game back of Tampa Bay. they got a really easy schedule remaining. Just got to play 500, beat Tampa Bay week 18. And they had one of the biggest signings in all of week 12 history (laughs) getting Will Compton on the roster. Mm -hmm. What about the Browns or Denver? We'll start with the Browns. They're dead. They didn't do anything horrible in particular this week, but they just couldn't get an upset against Miami or Buffalo. Cincinnati's hot right now. Uh, They just ran out of time. Unfortunate, but they're dead. And Denver, yeah, they're dead too. Uh, I Like I was saying earlier, I keep thinking the offense is going to figure it out because they're so talented, but this isn't the year. Maybe they need uh, some coaching changes because it does not look right. You think Hackett loses his job after this year? Or do you think he gets another year? I'm going to say they don't, but I probably would move on if you could get a guy who has been a head coach before. Oh, yeah. like Adam Gase? No. He was good in Denver. He was. Got him his head coaching job. He was really good in Denver. Maybe the South, dude. <laughs> I don't know. Or Peyton Manning. Exactly. That could be it, too. Uh, but who beat Peyton Manning in a Super Bowl? Russell Wilson. That's true. Therefore, that does not make any sense. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the <laughs> Packers. They're sitting at four and seven right now. Yeah, four and seven. They are second in the the division, but they, I think, are like three and a half or four and a half games back of the Vikings, which is mm-hmm. kind of crazy. No, they're third in the division because the Lions are four and six, uh, <laughs> which just sounds crazy to even think that that is like that right now. But are the Packers dead? Is the season over for Green Bay? Yeah, the Packers are dead. The win against Dallas looks like such a fluke after they sucked against Tennessee. And... uh it's over, man. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers should be looking for a new home possibly next year. So it's Jordan Love time. Let's figure out if he's good. That'd be interesting. But you, So what do you even do about that? Do you just bench Rodgers? Do you put him on like the phantom IR? or Like how do you go about 
saying to Aaron Rodgers, we're going to not play you. We're going to play this unproven rookie, not rookie, third-year quarterback at this point that has looked like shit every single time he's been in. Well, if Rodgers starts off slow again, you just pull him out of the game immediately. Uh, Obviously, it's hard to do with a Hall of Famer, but you got to figure out if Jordan Love's good or not, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I I like that Phantom IL deal. I think you you uh say he's had that hand injury this whole year that's yeah. just been lingering. Say, hey, we need an MRI, make up some bullshit on the MRI, say he needs surgery, doesn't need surgery. Uh, and next thing you know, Jordan Love is playing football. Uh but I have the Packers dead as well. It's just too far out at this point. Aaron Rodgers looks good. The rest of the team does not, except for maybe Rudy Ford, who had a couple picks against the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. But uh Man, who would have thought that the only winner from this Devontae Adams trade was Devontae Adams? Because he got paid and he leads all wide receivers in re- uh, receiving touchdowns through not all players. weeks. I know, not all players. <laughs> That's why I said that. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on to our segment about year two quarterbacks. Alrighty, so it's time to talk about sophomore quarterbacks. And the leash for all these young guys. We're going to go in draft order. Do you want to go from beginning of the draft or the end of the draft? Go ahead. Your choice. Let's go from the end. We'll talk about Davis okay. Mills first. Texans are shit. Mills leads yeah. the league in picks. How long is the leash for Davis Mills? And is there a leash that even fits around Davis Mills's neck? <laughs> Yes. Yes, there is, because he's going to be the first guy to be replaced. And it's unfortunate because I like him. He should be sticking around the league for a little bit, but uh, it's pretty soon. This is probably his last year as a starter, unless they draft someone who's hurt, like Kenan Hooker, for some reason, you know? Yeah. Mills will be – he'll be in the league for a while. His starter time is going to be done after this year, though. I literally have – once 2022 is over, he's gone as a starter because the – Texans, if they get the number one or number two pick, they're taking Stroud or Young, whoever's there, uh, whoever they want, honestly, because they're probably not going to be the number two pick. Uh, but it's a shame. I like Davis Mills. He's a cool dude, just not the greatest quarterback when you have the worst surrounding roster on yeah. the entire league. Let's move on to Mac uh, with the Patriots, who are in a good spot right now. Yeah, well... Similar with the Jets here, the Patriots have a legit chance of making the playoffs. So, and that that's a, a lot has to do with Mac Jones. Not all, because obviously he was benched this year. He hasn't played great, but this is a guy you got to give him the full three years before you make a decision. I think. Yeah, I I said Zappy and Mac are really they're not that different. So mm-hmm. I think if you are going to make the change, you need something substantial to really yeah. stand out about Zappy, and there really just isn't that substantial difference. So even though they're both around the same talent and skill level, I think the leash is longer for Mac than what most people would think. Let's move on to Justin Fields, who's looked good. Yeah. And bad sometimes. Uh, Bears are n- not good. But uh, how long is the leash for Justin Fields? 
since the Bears are so much worse than these other teams, other than Houston, of course, I think you got to give him his full rookie deal, which is the four years, just because he's shown those flashes, and the other quarterbacks haven't really. Yeah, uh, Fields is going to get a lot of time, as long as the Bears' defense doesn't develop super quickly and their other things on their offense develop really quickly. He's going to have as much time as he needs in order to be comfortable because the Bears realize that if everything goes right, this guy can be the guy that leads them to Super Bowl. However, he could also be the guy that never takes him to the playoffs. Yeah. So I think they have time to sit around and kind of just deal with the growing pains for now. And if the growing pains last through next year, maybe you start thinking about cutting your ties. But I think it's going to be a long time until the Bears say, hey, let's move on to another quarterback. Next up, Zach Wilson. We saw Robert Sala talk about his commitment or lack of commitment to his second-year quarterback in the game against the Bears this week. So first off, yeah, how long is Zach Wilson's leash? And then maybe I might have another question for you if you depend on what your answer is. I think this is the most interesting one out of the group because this question to me, is more about if he's being a cock or not to his teammates because it's if he if he's a cool guy and this is all BS and he just slipped up in his, his press conference, then you give him the same amount of time as everyone else. But this is a playoff team that is being held back by their quarterback. Their quarterback is probably possibly, you know, a, a prick slash racist slash whatever people have been saying in the Jets organization. I don't know. So it could be a lot quicker than we think. It could be after this season. It could be if he loses to the Bears. But like you were saying about Zappy versus um, Mac Jones, you know, how much better is Flacco really than Zach Wilson? Why wouldn't you just write it out and see what happens? It's true. I, I say, I said on here, the team doesn't align with his development. So if we get to next year and we or if we get to the end of the season and we truly realize that the reason why the Jets aren't in like an AFC championship or yeah. somewhere deep in the playoffs is because of Zach Wilson, they're going to go get a quarterback. They're going to go get somebody that can play, whether it's a Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been really good this year, or I've seen stuff with Derek Carr, but I, I don't even know how that would work or whatever mm. it may be but the thing is this team is like the Jets roster outside of the quarterback is better than any four of these teams that we're going to talk about besides the Jets. When healthy. Guy. Yeah by quite yes. a distance by quite a distance and so if you have the quarterback that's holding you back why why hold on to him you know if you have a window to win go take that window so I think if we see by the end of the year that Zach Wilson is not the guy that we thought he was, and he's the reason that the Jets are not going far in the playoffs. They'll move on from him. If not, Carolina. He, yeah, everything's going. Then maybe he saw us a long-term chance in New York. Yeah. Lastly, the number one pick of last year, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think this one's pretty obvious, but what do you got here? Well, here's another guy who's going to get as much time as he possibly could get because they completely fucked him in his first year by giving him Urban Meyer. And obviously that's not his fault. 
But I do want to keep in mind, this is another guy that hasn't progressed at all either, similar to Zach Wilson. So, I, you know, he's supposed to be the next Andrew Luck. He's not making big plays. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not calling him a bust at all. I just, and, and obviously he's going to get his time. But that's just something to, to look out for. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is in like the, the very typical first overall pick, bad team. We don't really know how good he is yeah. quarterback because the Jags just aren't that good. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be there until they are good or until his first contract expires. So that's how long his leash is going to be. Pissing blood. Exactly. So Lawrence has probably the longest leash out of all these guys. He's going to be there until the wheels fall off or the wheels actually start turning for once in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get to halftime Ooh. now, Skyler. Let's talk about uh, NFL injuries. The NFL injuries, of course. Here we go. So Rodgers, like you said, has the thumb injury, and he says it's not an excuse, but it's not perfect, which is interesting because this could be a, a, a ploy to get Jordan Love in the game possibly. But Matt Stafford, another quarterback who is not faking it, is still in concussion protocol. Um, And he's probably not going to play against the Chiefs, which is going to be another blowout for Kansas City. Justin Fields, guy we were just talking about, has a shoulder injury, apparently dislocated it. And he's still day-to-day. But Matt Eberflus, the head coach, said with most quarterbacks, this would be a season-ender, but he wants to keep Fields in. So I don't know really what that means if he needs surgery at some point and just doesn't want to get it yet or if he's actually going to be fine so i guess we'll see if he plays next week or not uh chase Edmonds, broncos running back out don't care sorry kyler murray his hamstring has progressed 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 but cliff kingsbury doesn't want him full throttle this is such bullshit in my opinion i mean if this is not your guy then you got to figure out some kind of, you know, backup plan. You can't just keep them questionable for four straight weeks, you know? That's that pisses me off. Sorry. Uh Kyle Pitts likely out for the season. He tore his MCL, will require surgery. Um sucks for him cuz I I like him as a person, but you know, A plus for me taking him off my uh, my draft board for fantasy. You know. <laughs> Wondell wow. Robinson, what I just didn't think that'd be an A-plus for you. Oh, yeah. Wondell Robinson tore his ACL on the MetLife turf. Unfortunate. So they have no receivers. Um, You know, another reason why. Jesus. You know Zach Wilson has more receiving touchdowns than Galladay does in the past two years? That's pretty bad. I think Henry Ruggs probably does too then. Yeah. (laughs) Clyde Edwards-Elaire. Out with the ankle, which is big for Pacheco because that's pretty much the only guy that hasn't fumbled in the past two games. Big for Kyle. (laughs) And Mike Williams, like I said earlier, re-injured. Ankle injury. Tough, man. Joe Mixon also out. That was one I forgot. Uh, So, so Maje Pirine, another possible pickup. He had three touchdowns. Yeah. All right. So, I mentioned earlier... This college football week was insane. Week 12. And, uh, you know, let, let me just get into it here. Let's let's recap it. I mentioned 
the USC-UCLA game. The Pac-12 was pretty nuts this week. Uh, Oregon State also stays stays ranked, crushing Arizona State. They could possibly be in a, a championship game if someone chokes here. Um, Alabama played Austin P. by the way, this week. So uh, can you believe that one? No, I cannot. Georgia, number one in the nation, destroys Will Levis, 16-6. to The offense wasn't great, but they're still the best team in the nation. Happens Navy. a lot to Will yeah. Levis, uh, where he just sucks in these past two months, man. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a project for sure. Yeah. Uh, Navy, by the way, beat 8-2 and two UCF on the road, <laughs> ending UCF's uh, chances for a New Year's Six Bowl. But some of these really top teams struggled. And talk about some of them. Michigan only won 19-7 to against Illinois. Blake Corum got hurt in this game, and they forgot how to move the ball. They had yeah. all field goals in the second that's That's their whole offense. It's Blake Corum. And they have a couple good receivers, but McCarthy mm-hmm. can't get the ball there. And like I will McCarthy, mention that later McCarthy in the McCarthy is – if you give – Michigan, even Stetson Bennett, bro. Yeah. They are probably the number one team in the nation. At least number two, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But McCarthy is like one of the worst quarterbacks, like in D1, it seems like. So it does. Throw Madden out <laughs> there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another playoff team squeaked away with the win. TCU stays undefeated 29 to 28 win at Baylor. Great Field game. goal. The end of regulation. Did you watch the, that field goal to win it? I didn't. I was working. So they, it was third down, and they had no timeouts with like 20 seconds left. For some reason, they like run the ball up the middle. They don't get get there, and no timeouts, right? So offense, Max Duggan's running off. Kicking team's running on. Time's winding down like five, four, Kicker doesn't even do his steps backward. He just stands <laughs> right in the place that he knows he needs to be. That's awesome. Like 45-yard kick, money, ball game. That's the difference between a lot of these teams. You know, uh, even some of these top 10 teams wouldn't be prepared for a situation like that. And that's why they're there, number four. But Ohio State also struggled. Uh, they were down against Maryland and even late with – one minute left, only up by three points against Tua's brother, Talia. He was shredding them for 300 yards and two touchdowns. But C.J. Stroud and their freshman running back, remember the name, Dallin Hayden. He came in because everyone got hurt on their offense. 146 yards, three touchdowns. Got the job done. And Drake May struggled against Georgia Tech and lost. So he's not going to win the Heisman. Unfortunate for him. South Carolina. This was the big one, at least for uh, for the five o'clock window, because they scored sixty three points on Tennessee. Spencer Rattler coming out from from the ground here with six touchdowns was amazing. Obviously, Hendon Hooker tearing his ACL not amazing. That's going to wreck him for the draft too, and obviously their season's over. But just to see such a surprise like this, and a guy that we know that I was rooting for. Just absolutely dominate against the number five team in the nation. And uh, Oregon, also, the last one I want to mention, 
close game, 20 to 17 win over Utah, which was big because I believe Utah was favored in this one. And Bo Nix was hurt, but he still got the job done. So they're still alive. They're probably going to be playing USC in the championship game. All right. And uh, we also had our, our college football playoff top 25 released today. And not a whole lot has changed. The top four is actually going to stay the exact same. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. But the difference here is LSU and USC are going to bump above Tennessee. If LSU beats Georgia, they're obviously going to be in. What is that? You, is that this week? That is in two weeks. Oh, is that that's the SEC championship? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and USC still has a chance too, though. Because if TCU loses, Ohio State and Michigan are playing each other. They're two and three. One of them is going to lose. They're probably not both going to make the playoff. Is this Jaden Daniels' year to come out? I believe he's a senior. Let's see. Jaden Daniels is... He's a junior. Okay, they gave him a year back. So, I mean, if he... if. Theoretically speaking, if he yeah. beats Georgia, declares for the draft, that's an auto first round pick, right? You know, I don't disagree with you, but a lot of the the, the teams that don't need a guy to start right now are going to go with the project pick. That's why Will Levis ranks so high. That's why Hannah Nooker is ranked so high. Um, but I'm sure he'd be drafted. Yeah. First, you know me though. I'm a, I'm a big yeah. Jaden Daniels guy. Him oh, and yeah. Desmond Ritter have been my guys for the last few years. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be it for the rankings. Those are pretty much the only six teams that have a chance. Alabama's there too, but they need some, you know, voodoo yeah. going their the way. Fourth best team yeah. in the SEC. So yeah. So I do have a Heisman watch here. I'm down to three guys. Number three, Michigan running back Blake Corum. 150 scrimmage yards and a touchdown, and only a half against Illinois. He does need a monster game against Ohio State and a win. He might not even play, though, because he's hurt. So that's that's a big deal. But he's still on the list because he could have that Heisman moment game. Number two for me is going to be Caleb Williams. Like I was saying, 500 yards, three touchdowns last week against UCLA. And um, I think he's the most talented player in the FBS. That's why he's here. Uh, another guy who could possibly get into the playoff. Uh, number one's going to be CJ Stroud. Nothing crazy. 240 and a touchdown against Maryland. But if he beats Michigan and has a big game, trophy's his. That's it. So so we are either seeing Blake Quorum's Heisman moment or we're seeing CJ Stroud like lock it up this week is what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Or they both have shit games. It's a nine to six. Yeah, finish. say Michigan wins with Caleb with Williams. Blake Corum on the bench, yeah. and Caleb Williams uh, blows out Oregon in the championship game. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. It's interesting though. On I MLB like all these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the MLB news, uh, and that's it. No, uh, <laughs> really, only two things happened, and they happened within thirty minutes. Uh, I think on like last Wednesday or. Thursday. They happened a while ago. Uh, it was Gio Urshela being traded from the Twins to the Angels, and then the Twins finding a tr- 
replacement for him within 30 minutes by trading for Kyle Farmer, utility man from the Reds. And that's really all that we've got. I honestly think that's it, which is really sad because this is like the second or third week of free agency now that we just haven't had anything. Mm. But uh, that's the MLB free agency for you, where it just it takes so slow to develop. We're going to see a couple of big things happen over a couple different days. Uh, and then we'll get into spring training and uh, they have a couple other things. Oh, yeah. Twins announced their new uniforms. Yes, they did. They did. That. Yeah. That on the 18th, so four days ago. Pretty interesting uniforms. Do you have any thoughts about those? I'm not going to complain. I saw a lot of people saying this is shit. It's not shit. It's just uh, maybe if you were expecting a little more retro in there, not just like a modernized version of what they already had. But it's, yeah. I'm fine with it. I did like the the road pinstripes. They remind mm-hmm. me a lot of their like Metrodome type beat uniforms. So that's pretty cool there. Yeah. But that's that's really all I got on, on those. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and get to our pick standings through Oof. week 11. Uh, this week, I had a terrible week. I went 6 out of 14. R- worst week that I've had out of this entire year by quite a distance. Uh, Skylar and Alex both went 9 of 14. Respectable weeks, but nothing crazy there. And then Brett had 11 out of 14. Great week for him. The only picks that he got wrong were Green Bay on Thursday night, the Jets against the Patriots, and the Giants against the Lions. Uh, So all understandable picks to get wrong, but he had a really good day on those other picks besides that. So that gives us a look at our full season picks at this point, where Skyler is still in last place, unfortunately. Am I gaining, though? Uh, Give me the numbers. Uh, uh, 93 out of 153 for Skyler right now. I'm in third place, 101 out of 153. Brett is in second place with 104 out of 153. And then Alex is at number one with 105 out of 153. So 61% for me. 12 behind the lead for you. Still something you can catch up on. We still have six, seven weeks at this point. So you just got to lock it in. I got to lock it in too, man. I just need to crush you guys in the college picks. Oh, does that even count for NFL picks? No, but it makes me feel better. There we go. All right, let's go ahead and send it to the second half. Yeah. It's going to be taking over here. We are going to do teammates here. Were they teammates? Part two. Part two. Kyle did it last week. I did all right. But I wanted to give Kyle some some real tough ones this week. I think and you got you got five points. I think last week, uh, so a point for yes or no, and then another point for if they were teammates, where they were teammates. Okay, are you ready? I am. I got nine I of these. So. I hope so. I hope so. I feel like these get harder as we go. So we'll start it off with. Percy Harvin and Cam Newton, were they teammates? No. They were teammates on the 2008 Florida Gators. Mm, I completely forgot about college. <laughs> I was yeah. like, they were definitely not teammates in the NFL. That's okay. Now you know what's going on here. That's true. That's true. So, number two, Alex Rodriguez. And Jason Bay, were they teammates? Mm, 
Yes, they were. They were not teammates. What? <laughs> did Jason Bay not did he not play in New York for a little bit? He did, and he played for the Mets. I thought the same thing you did, so I looked it up to make sure and hey. saw that he didn't play for the Yankees. Because he was clean shaven, I think, his whole career. So it, yeah. you think New York and the guy's clean shaven, it just locks it in. All right, that's a rough start. Basketball here. We got Tim Hardaway Sr. and Steve Nash. Were they teammates? Oh, I'm going to go yes. They were teammates. Do you know really? what team they were on or what year? Uh, oof. I want to say the Lakers. No, 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 no. The Suns, the Suns, the Suns. They were both on the 0102 Mavericks with Dirk Nowitzki. Ah, I've honestly forgot that <laughs> Tim Hardaway is on the Mavs. I thought they were they were teammates on the Suns. Mm. But I guess that's not. a tough one. Steve Nash, uh, you know, his Maverick days are not talked about a lot. It's true. It's kind of got thrown out of there. Uh, we'll move on. Back to football. We have a fan favorite, Dominique Rogers Cromartie. <laughs> And Robbie Gold, were they teammates? Yes. They were teammates. You know where they were? They were teammates on the 2016 Giants. Robbie Robbie Gold was on the Giants? Robbie Gold played one year on the Giants. DRC was on the Bears at some point, right? I don't know if he was. I thought he was. Well, you got two points so far. I'll take it. We're almost halfway. Here we go. We're Randy Johnson and Adam Dunn, teammates. No. They were teammates on the 2008 Diamondbacks. Oh my gosh, the Diamondbacks. No. I was thinking the White Sox. I didn't think that was within uh, Randy's timeline, the Diamondback days. But I'm I thinking was. maybe I, I went a little little too far back. So I'm, I'm sorry if that's throwing you off. But no, you're these fine. were really you're interesting. Ones. These are good. These are good names. These are good names. Okay. Okay. Well, you're going to know these guys because. Here we go. Was Marco Bellinelli ever teammates with Steph Curry? They had to have been. They had to have. Uh, I'm actually going to say no. I'm going to say no. They were not. They were not teammates. Marco Bellinelli was traded right before Steph Curry was drafted. Yeah. That makes more sense because I I remember there's this YouTube video of Steph yeah. uh, on his his debut day and they like have like a full thirty minute like documentary about it and I'm like Marco Bellinelli definitely would have been there but instead of yeah. him it was like Anthony Morrow <laughs> guys like cats <laughs> so you know it's it wasn't I don't think he was there yeah all right that's three we points. Got- Three more. You do have three points, and we have three more. Yeah. We're Andrew Luck and Pierre Garcon teammates. 
No. They were not teammates. That's Pierre cool, Garcon man. left for Washington after Andrew Luck was drafted. Let's go. That was a good one. I did not know Pierre Garcon was ever on the Colts in the first place, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a couple bad years in Indianapolis. Uh. <laughs> All right. Two more. You have four points. Mm-hmm. Were Fernando Tatis Jr. and Ramael Tapia ever teammates? <laughs> Is this going to be some Dominican League bullshit? Because I know for a fact they were not teammates in the MLB. I know for a fact they were not. Unless it was in the MILB, which is an option. Oh, man, you're tricky. You're tricky, man. I'm going to go yes with Tigres Del Lacy in the Dominican League. They were teammates in the 2017 Dominican Winter League for Estrellas de Oriente. Boom! I I got the wrong team, but I didn't say there's no way that they were teammates. I in. couldn't I couldn't hold oh, them dude. in, man. I just <laughs> that probably gave it away that there was something to it, but man. You have five. This is your chance to pass me up here. Let's go. Can I get three in a row to clutch to the end? Was Kyrie Irving ever teammates with Mason Plumley? Mason Plumley. Oh, there's so many Plumley brothers, dude. Or Zeller brothers. They're all the same. Uh I'm gonna say wait, which Plumley? Mason. Mason. I'm gonna say yes. Kyrie Irving was teammates with Mason Plumley. Brooklyn. Nope. Uh, they were the 2010 Duke Blue Devils. Oh Both my Plumleys gosh. were there. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> wow. Congratulations, Kyle. You have defeated me. I I like task failed successfully you know like i got i was thinking the locations are wrong but i got the gist of it right so maybe it's just something that the inner workings of my brain just got it done for me yeah it happens yeah that was a good one. Oh yeah we'll do that again next week or yeah. something like that those are fun those are really mm-hmm. fun let's go ahead and get to our layups and bold predictions though our layups were fun last week our bold predictions were not fun Two for two in the layups, 0 for two in the bold predictions. Last week for the layups, though, Cincy minus four and a half versus the Steelers. That got the job done for me. And then Skyler had USC minus two and a half at UCLA. Got the job done for him. This week, I have Dallas versus the Giants under 45 and a half on Thanksgiving. Divisional game. Going to be closer than what I think a lot They're of people gonna think it's going to be. Uh, might be a little bit tired too. Actually, maybe Cowboys probably won't be tired, but uh divisional game. Low scoring. Yeah. Uh, give, give me the under. All right. I'm gonna take Ohio State to cover seven and a half points against Michigan. Boom. Boom, Alex. Get fucked, bro. 
because Blake Corum might not even be playing. Ohio State has one weakness on their team. It's their secondary, and Michigan can't throw the ball. So it's, you know, kind of a perfect matchup for them here. Uh, moving on to our bowl predictions, like Skeller said, it, it was a really, or like I said a little bit earlier, it, it was really rough for us uh, for our bowl predictions. Uh, I had Houston plus 145 versus Washington, and Skyler had the Jets over the Patriots, and that did not happen. We won't go any, into any further detail there. This week, I'm picking my own team. I didn't really like a lot of the lines. I do actually like this one. Uh, Carr's been playing well, like I said earlier. Uh, I'm taking the Raiders plus 160 in Seattle this weekend. All right. I'm going to go with one that Kyle may not like here. I'm taking Tulane to upset Cincinnati on the road on Saturday. Tulane, their offense is flying, man. They average 35 points per game. And I'm predicting them to be the one group of five team to get that New Year's Six Bowl. Switch it up a little bit. Man, why do you? We already know it's going to be Brad, man. <laughs> Fucking, what? Yeah. Why did you do that to me? You know, I just have a feeling like the black eyed okay. peas. Okay. okay. All right. One more thing I forgot to mention. Sam Darnold is starting for the Panthers this week. That's true. He is starting. I'm excited. He deserves it, man. Who do they play this week? That play... is one thing they didn't mention. That may be a reason to that. They um, play. Do they play where the Panthers? They play the Broncos. Broncos. Oh. Oh, so we are seeing Sam Darnold against one of the top-ranked defenses in all the league. Over under 15 points in that total game, Skyler. Combined? Yeah. Wow. That's a good defense uh, in Carolina, man. I'm going to say over still. I want to see what that actual line is at right now. Let me check. It is at is it's not even on here. Uh, Minus me, two and a half, Denver. What is it? What's their over under though? It is at thirty five. Thirty five. Oh my gosh, that is. I think I've seen maybe three or four games this whole year be in the thirties. So thirty five yeah. is is pretty bad. Don't watch mm-hmm. this game. Don't watch that game. If you are listening to this, do not watch that game because you're just going to be watching a shit ton of punts and interceptions mm-hmm. that whole game. If you want to uh, watch punts and interceptions, watch Bears-Jets. Trevor Samian versus Mike White. Yeah, an exciting <laughs> punts game. Uh, but there actually is a lot of good games in <laughs> in Week 12. I think Bills-Lions will actually be a lot of scoring. I think that'll probably sure. happen. Bills' defense hasn't been that good. Giants-Cowboys has a lot at stake. Uh, we get to see the noon nightmare not playing at noon for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings when they host the Patriots at nighttime. And, and then on Sunday, Bengals-Titans good. Uh, Falcons-Commanders is going to mean a lot as far as playoff implications go. Uh, Cardinals-Chiefs might, or not Cardinals-Chiefs, Chargers-Cardinals might have be an interesting game to watch depending on who starts at quarterback. Uh, we get to watch the Chiefs pull out another team, and then Aaron yeah. Rodgers goes to Indianapolis, not Indianapolis, goes to Philly to take <laughs> on the Eagles. Wow. Okay. A lot of football this week. No buys this week, too. That's good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that's going to do it for episode 115. Got anything else we want to say together? Or should Have we a just very merry Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Make sure you eat all of the Chinese food that you want. Sure.